Hello and welcome to Persistent and Nasty Podcast. This is our Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2019 series. Throughout this series, we will be talking to women of the fringe, from producers to directors, writers and performers. We hope you enjoy all of the podcasts and get along to see as much of it as you can. This podcast was recorded at Assembly Club Bar with thanks to Sharon Burgess, Danny Ray, Connell, Chris and all of the staff at the Club Bar. As we are recording out and about, you may hear some background noise. Hopefully it won't affect too much, but it might just give you the vibe and atmosphere of the festival. So sit back, relax and enjoy some persistent and nasty women. just want to go around and tell us all who you are and um, why you're at the festival. Sure, We're going to have to shout Haley. I'll shout from over here. Um, so my name is Haley Vincent. I'm the associate producer um, with Windsor Feminist Theatre show uh, Watching Glory Die, which is what we brought um, to share with everyone at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year. Hi, I'm Nathaniel Barnett. I play Glory in Windsor Feminist Theatre's Watching Glory Die. Hi, Catherine Haggis from Toronto, and I play the correction officer in Watching Glory Die. Hi, I'm Kelly Fox, and I play Roselle and Glory's mother in Watching Glory Die. <laughs> watch Coincidentally. Glory Die, which I did on Monday, Watch Glory Die. Mm-hmm. I was sad. <laughs> I was so, yeah, I mean, um, so many things to talk about it. I guess, um, what brought you all to the project, first of all? Let's start with that. So I've worked with Judith a few times since 2012 in a few shows, and uh, so she recruited me in Toronto, actually. So I didn't. I just met these guys for, through the process. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know you're here with them. And for, uh, here I am. <laughs> yeah. So and then we also rehearsed them uh, for three weeks in Windsor, Ontario, okay. uh, before we came here. Okay. Um, I came uh, by a kind of roundabout route. I was uh, about to go to University of Windsor to direct a show. And Kelly Daniels, who is the lead producer on this project, uh, was a professor there. She started to tell me about the project, where it was at at that point, and that she was getting it all lined up. And initially, she was going to play Rose Ellen. And she was just at the point where she thought, I'm, I think it's too much. I've taken on too much. I can't act as well. I think we need to find another actor to play Rose Ellen. And I said, um, I... I love to work with Judith Thompson and I've never been to Edinburgh and <laughs> that would be like really cool and then here I am <laughs> uh, so also a, a weird story um, I'm not an actor fun fact uh, uh, I went to the University of Windsor I did a double major in English literature creative writing and drama I am primarily a front of house manager, a scene painter, a poet, and a playwright. Um, <laughs> and now we're adding acting. <laughs> now we're adding acting. So uh, there was, so the University of Windsor did um, Lion in the Streets, which is another Duke Thompson play, and uh, an organization on campus called, uh, called, there's an organization on campus whose name I should remember, and if I come up with it, I'll tell you Just later. Just later. Are you um, Yeah. So they uh, they do they bring in speakers and thing humanities research group. There we go. Uh, they bring in speakers and stuff to the university, and um, 
they asked Judith to come down and do a workshop with the students and watch the show and stuff and she agreed to it which was super duper cool and then she did a cold read of Watching Glory Die which was originally one woman playing three roles and as part of this workshop they decided to have three women play the three roles and they had volunteers and they had a question and answer period and at the first question and answer period I was like hey I'm a slam poet and I noticed there's a really definitive rhythm in your work and I was wondering if that's something you work really hard for it or if it just happens naturally for you and I don't remember what the fuck she said because then she said hey do you want to read next and I was like ah, okay and then um, so I got dragged up on stage for the next round of cold reads and I cold read for glory and afterwards, she said, you should play Glory someday. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I'm so, thank you. I'm not an actor, but thank you. Um, and she, like, signed my script, you should play Glory someday. And I, like, freaked out. I called my dad. And I was like, Dad, Judith Thompson thinks I'm cool. And he's like, that's amazing, sweetie. I'm really happy for you. And I'm like, ah. He's like, I'll tell your mom. She won't get it, but I'm going to tell your mom. <laughs> my dad works in theater. My mom does not. Um, she's kind of a big deal in Canada. She's a big deal in Canada. <laughs> um, so I was like freaking out, and I thought this was where my story peaked, and I kept telling people Judith Thompson thought I was cool. And then I get this phone call from Kelly Daniels, the producer, in like December of like two years ago. And she's like, hey, have you heard of this project? We're doing Watching Glory Die. We're going to take it to Edinburgh Fringe, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, cool cool uh-huh neat and like where do I come into this <laughs> why are you telling me this thing which is it's like a secretive project at this point I don't understand why I'm being looped in on this and she's like and we reached out to Judith to see if she wanted to direct and the tone of voice was kind of like I was really hoping she would say yes but I didn't have a ton of you know she's very busy I didn't know if she'd say yes um and I was like oh that's amazing she's like and Judith said yes and I'm like oh my god I'm so happy for you that's incredible <laughs> I'm so glad Judith is gonna direct and I'm still like, where do I come into this story? And she's like, Judith has asked if you will be Glory. And I was like, what? And I was like, she, she knows I have like zero training, right? Like I acted as a child, but I haven't done that in a long time. She's like, yeah, uh, she's fully aware and she's willing to work with you. And I was like, wow. yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Do I say no to Judith Thompson? Um, so that's... How I ended so up that's here. Why you're here. Sorry, a bit of a convoluted story. Yes, that's a great story. It's a great story. That is so great. It's a great story. Um, who wants to take the um, description of the play for those that are listening that don't know it? Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll. Yes. Please. Okay, so I. It's a show about incarceration and particularly about segregation and a young girl in segregation. It's a three-handed show that moves quickly. It's seventy minutes, no intermission, and it's uh, not as dark as it sounds. <laughs> it's got a, there's some lightness to it. So uh, I think that's an important point because I think people think it's you know I've heard it described as a show about suicide. It is about um, a true story about Ashley Smith. And uh, this particular case changed the laws of restraint in Canada, and that this is why you know it is a, a really important case. And um, and yeah, so it's it's uh, the mother, the prisoner, and the correction officer, uh, just told through the three people. I I can't remember who described it. Someone described it beautifully as three women trapped in like various in their own systems. Prison. separate in their own yeah in their own yeah. that was prisons. Judith yeah, yeah. that was yeah. Judith yeah that, that wrote it yeah <laughs> that's been that a was long a day I was like I feel like it was I was like I was like I feel like it was Judith maybe you missed that said but. this but I don't I don't want to quote Judith and then be wrong about it yeah, so I'm just no. gonna say for that. sure we, we are Oof. definitely yeah so they're in their own prisons and uh, and I think ideally that we don't want to blame anyone 
person. Yeah, I play the correction officer, so you know my job is, or at least Judith's job was for them to not totally hate the system. The system's broken. There's no question. Yeah. But um, on some level, you know, we're we're quick to judge, yeah. and often these people have. Um, they're carrying out orders and they're trying to do what they're I thought it was really doing, well so done that, I think, it, I think, I think in that like, level yeah, she, I think it could have been easy. she hits that chord yeah. I think it would have been really easy to do that whole or blame oh, the mother for yeah, example yeah you know? exactly all of those yeah. Yeah. there's endpoints with all of you where, but in particular the moment where you're like I've got a job what happens to my pension yeah. like, you know I'm a grandmother all of that I yeah. was like well yeah of course you are a human being just because you Sure. Doing your job doesn't mean that you get, you have to be vilified for it. No, or that I don't, you know, also have moments with the with the prisoner that I actually am endeared to her, you know, on some so, level. So, ah. podcast listeners, just in case you're wondering, we're in the Assembly Club bar, and it, it has um, a what is that? What's the wind that? has. I'll tell you what it is. It's Edinburgh's <laughs> menopausal weather, <laughs> and we have had it all month. Yeah, it is. Edinburgh's wind is something else between oh, Edinburgh's wind yeah. and mine she wind <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there was I was just going to throw in too that we were invited uh, very early on in this process we were invited to do a performance in um, as a part of this uh, I don't know what they call it a Greek the Greek revival, revival like festival amp- yeah okay like so we, yeah, there's this stone amphitheater that they kind of created out of an old quarry, and, and we went and did a kind of stage street there early in our process. But when we were invited there, they said, we have to somehow connect this to the Greeks. Can you do that? And Kelly said to me, do you, do you think we can do that? And I was like, easy. Judith Thompson and the Greeks are like, that. Yeah, we're really, <laughs> like, it's, I'm half Greek, we're kind close. Of, <laughs> we're tight. She's kind of, um... Like, all of her plays uh, deal in huge archetypal kind of characters, all of her... And in this play in particular, there's... I mean, we've, we've got... the uh, Gail's very first speech, she talks about the, the, the kind of mm, questionable choice that her brother makes that kind of seals his own fate and then somehow, weirdly, her fate. Rosellen's first... almost first words out of her mouth are about catastrophe, which is a completely Greek idea. And if, um, Glory's kind of um, vision of herself as a half human, half crocodile is an incredibly Greek idea, and they're they're Minotaur, all that's kind of thinking. at the mercy of those Olympic gods in the prison system. They're like none of them has any control. It's all being kind of. Well, and we're in the ballroom and those lights. I mean, (laughs) they've got a mind of their own, too. We didn't even know about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that just added. But it was, to me, it was really, it's that that sense of none, none of these characters, least of all, I guess, Glory, but the... The, for me, the horror of Rosellen's whole journey is the horror of a parent knowing her child is in pain and danger and being powerless to help. You I, know? Yeah, I mean, I think what I found watching it, um, in particular, the um, the part with Rosellen and the fact that she's not her biological mum, mm. and um, I don't know if that's in, if that's part of the true story. Like, yeah. it, it, it is. It, it is. is actually, it is. Yeah. Well, I just. Yeah. Um, because you feel every ounce of a mother's love with that and I really um, I'm sure there's women who have gone to see that who have adopted children and they don't always get that shown they 
you don't get to go, I feel my baby in pain mm, because yeah. it's always like, oh, it's a connection that happens in the womb and all of it's that. It's a mystical. It's mystical, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whereas it's just like, she's like, I feel my baby is in pain and I was watching it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Do you have children? No, I don't, okay. but I was like watching it going, oh, if I had kids, I'd be like... Well, I think it's I been hard either, on parents. I, I there was a guy that I've came from Canada. I've got a nephew and mm-hmm. like... Uh, godchildren and all of that and I was like watching it going oh my god mm-hmm. like if they were mine or my yeah. niece or nephew who are, I'm not their mum obviously I talked to a guy yeah. that came from Canada and he was on I, Sunday I think he saw the play and I, I said to him are you alright he said no I'm not he was yeah. crying he had his two kids there too that were like 8 and 12 I mean they're, and they're pretty they're 10 and 12 so pretty they're smart kids and see a lot of theatre and he works for a broadcast company in Canada but he was not okay. It took him a minute. Like, he, uh, he hugged me for quite a while. And I was like, Walter, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. We're all okay. You know, everybody's yeah. all right. I do love that you say that at the end. We're all okay. We're all okay, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. sometimes, because the parents do really have, I can see, they get very contrite. I mean, we do, too, but they do. Yeah. And but, how, has that, how has that been for you, like, bringing here and doing it every day in such an intense... It, it, I know it's gone in waves for me. I mean, I can only speak for me, but I, I don't have to die, but I kind of feel like I have to save her, and it's that in itself is fatiguing, like, that's tiring too. And and I just, uh, yeah, it used to, used to be harder to kind of, like, uh, after I wanted to run away, I didn't want to be in the festival for sure. I didn't want to be around other people. Um... But then I, I... Thanks for being right, does. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. I was I was a little... Yeah, I'm a little hesitant to book anything right after the show, but then mm-hmm. uh, for myself, one time I jumped on a bus and ended up meeting a really great comedian from the Fringe, and I got kind of fast-tracked into a whole bunch of people here. And that was from running away from everything, so that was kind of fun for me. Mm-hmm. But um, that shows you just how... how yeah, so it, for me, my process, it's getting easier as I get a little more... Um, I guess in fighting shape for the fringe. Yeah. Anybody else? You have to die every day. So what's no. your? It's it, it, for, it, Roselle. Yeah. Sorry. Something something happened quite late in our process for me that has shifted it into um, it just it just kicked into overdrive because one of the things that was fascinating to me in in putting this together, Roselle is not. Um, Rosalind is not Ashley Smith's mother. It's I haven't tried to recreate her, but uh, what I did try to take from watching the interviews that I saw her do with press was her unbelievable stoic courage in the face of it. She's not. She doesn't romanticize what happened, and. Um, I remember feeling so surprised when I saw her because I kind of expected her to be this meek woman that had been kind of walked over by the system, and she really, she really was not. But one of the things that really amazed me was knowing that she had. There are, if you go onto YouTube and just search Ashley Smith, you can watch her die. The security video is all there. You can watch her get put into the wrap. You can watch all of that. And that is because Cora Lee, Ashley's mother, said, yeah, I want everybody to see it. And when I started to think that through, I thought, oh, before she decided that she wanted everybody to see it, she must have watched it. And then I put it together with that unbelievably compelling watch me that Glory says, and I thought, okay, that's 
that whole next piece for me in that chair is about Roselle forcing herself to watch that video and watch it happen and hear things that, that you hear on that video. When Gail says, I haven't done CPR in 11 years, you hear one of the guards say that those very words and it, it's just stunning. And it's not, you know, this is not to blame the, any of the guards personally that, are, that were involved. They were... It's our system, as too. The, as the play clearly d says, you know, they were doing as they were told. Yeah. They were told not to go in until she was navy blue, right? Mm -hmm. But it, sometimes therein lies, of course, also the drama, is that, you know, at what point do we say, uh, I can't follow that order? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like at what point, and we're at that even in our culture right now, mm -hmm. yeah. where we're being yes. dictated yeah. to yeah. by these tyrants. And at what point, and this, you know, Scotland, we're in the heart of freedom of speech here. You know, this is what's penned, you know, since 1927 there, this this freedom of speech. Yeah, but are we, right? Yeah. And you, you We've watch. We've got Prime Minister, we did. Yeah, war, well, but so. I. Right, right. Yeah. right with Fuck, you, of man. course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and he's one. Another fucking blowing This is it. <laughs> I know. And, Amazing. And we don't oh, even want to talk about across the pond, oh, right? Jesus. South of our border. Our uh, southern neighbors kind of got in. Yeah, it. they've lost the plot. Oh. So, you know, we're kind of there. Oh. We're at what point do we say, always oh, we're in lockstep right behind this? No, just, just to bring it full circle before You can't before actually get an application form for Ireland or Canada oh. passports in Scotland because so many people have applied. Right. Yeah, have they? Why? Canadian or their passports because of shit. So, anyway. It is a whole other time. I can like grab hold of my yeah. ancestry and go to Ireland because well, Canada and is I, in lockstep. Like we're gonna, it's not gonna be long. No, we have an election coming up in October, and I, I could come to Scotland happen. too. But are you still gonna we be have, here? That's my, you know, like I know you're gonna be here, but a part of what? So there's been two provincial elections that elected like hardcore conservatives, and we're like worried. Yeah. Anyway, so bringing it back to the point, at what point do we say I'm not carrying out that order? Like that's just not, you know, and. And so, you know, there, that is, in fact, a big part of Gail. Yes, it's her pensions, and, you know, yes, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, okay, that certainly wouldn't have been Catherine Haggis, for sure, because I would have been like, I'm not that, you know, I would have been in someone's face going, get this dealt with immediately, or get her some help, or... You know. But you feel the empathy uh, for, from your character too, Glory, though, I think. Oh, yeah. I, like mm -hmm. Yeah, I no, I definitely. I think that that gets lost. Oh, is that right? Like, yeah. Like, well, I mean, from, me from where you're sitting, yeah. From me watching, yeah. I was like, yeah, she's doing her job and I get it. Yeah. And I, get, and I can understand that. And yeah, I question it because I would be like, no, I'm not fucking doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not happening. No. Um, but, but then I, you wouldn't be there on the day I, because yeah, you would have been yeah. got rid of a long time ago yeah. in favor yeah, yeah. of somebody yeah. who yeah. would do it. Yeah. So exactly. It doesn't stop it happening. It doesn't mean that she doesn't have empathy or mm. heart. No, no, no. No, no, no. And I think, you know, I mean, I coach a lot of kids. You have to be stern with them. Yeah. You have to give them some, some boundaries. But at the same time, you do have your favorites and you have your moments. I love our little scene where she asks for the glasses because she gets, you know, it's cute. We got right? laughs she's still on a that kid. Today. Well, she's still yeah, a kid. Sometimes is. we do get laughs on it. But you know, Ashley Smith actually went into juvenile detention and then she she took with her to prison, like, you know, her CDs and her posters. She thought kind of that it was camp, really, yeah. you know. And so Glory has that in her that when she's sort of playing and mm -hmm. right so yeah going back to like taking care of ourselves sorry that was a while <laughs> ago no, um, 
It's been rough. We relate to Junker Range. We well, relate. And, and you um, die every day, so tell us. Yeah, so it is rough to... God, it's rough. So, um... <laughs> so I think especially because you've, like... You say that you've not had formal training, so you're yeah. going, maybe if I'd had training, I would have had. Like, yeah, there's a bit of that. Um, but also, it's. Um, I've had formal training. I'm, I yeah. drink. Yeah. It's an isolating yeah. experience as well. So, we we rehearsed in Windsor for three weeks. Um, I'm from Mississauga. My wife lives in Mississauga. Saga. God, that was not how you say that word. My, life, my wife lives in Saga, and. So I went down to Windsor on my own, and I was billeting, um, and it was, like, I have friends in Windsor, I went to school in Windsor, so, like, I was forcing myself to, like, go out and see my friends, but, um, getting a little personal here, my mom was just diagnosed with breast cancer, um, so I was, like, away from my family, my family lives in a small town, um, and, like, my sister and my brother both live within, like, half an hour of my parents, and I'm, like, three hours away, so that was rough. And then our tech weekend, um, my granddad was diagnosed with cancer and passed within 72 hours. It was rough as hell. Um, so I was a fucking mess, to be honest with you. Luckily, though, basically as soon as we found out my granddad was sick, um, my wife was already planning to come down to Windsor to see the show. Um, and they came down about a week early. Uh, like four days early to spend time with me and like my mother-in-law lives in LaSalle which is just outside of Windsor so like the night that he was diagnosed I was with my in-laws and I had dinner with them and I stayed overnight somewhere like in a bed that is not my bed but at least it was like a bed I was used to Um, and then yeah and my mother-in-law bless her heart paid for my wife's train ticket paid for us to get a cat sitter for four days because our cats are okay on her own for like a day and a half but like it was going to be a few days. Um, so my wife was with me as soon as I got the news, luckily. Um, so I wasn't alone. But it's it's that isolating experience of being just completely separated from your family and then being isolated every day on stage um, has been a lot to get through. Uh, the first couple of weeks that we were in, in Edinburgh were a little rough. But luckily, I'm billeting with Catherine and our stage manager, Megan. So, like, I'm surrounded by people, so I'm not on my own. So I don't have time to kind of, like, spiral right now. Um, we'll see what happens in September. <laughs> um, but, so, and I mean, it's, it's a little horrific to say, but I've also been able to use that on stage. Sure. Because up until... Like, this point, I've had, a, I've lived a good life. Like, my parents are amazing. I grew up in a really cool, small town. So, like, sometimes it was a little hard to connect to the isolation that Glory would be feeling. And then I was just dropped into it, and I was like, fuck me. Um, so, like, I've been able to use that on stage, but I also have to be very, very careful because I can't, I can't let myself spiral into that on stage. Um, as soon as I'm dead... Um, like fully dead, like second suicide attempt, I'm dead. I kind of check out for about a minute and a half because I'm just like, I cannot, I have a minute and a half until I have to stand up and do something. Um, And I just kind of, I'm like, hey, how did that show go? And I kind of just disconnect for about a minute because if I don't, I know that I'm just like, I'm not going to be able to stand up in a minute and I need to. Um, So take a breath and just be like, what are my plans this afternoon? What weird thing in Edinburgh can I go see? 
Um, we should we should sort of sorry to interject, yeah. but I think for the audience listening, yeah, we should explain that it was originally done as a one person show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And because we are, and what Natasha's uh, Nathania saying about being isolated is that. Uh, you know, at no point really do we... We don't interact in the yeah. same way that a play would. Because yeah. we're three women in, th- in three segregated situations, um, okay. we're just having a bit of a segue because somebody's talking beside us, can, and we hope you don't have to hear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, we're just, we're just gonna, we're taking a time out here for a minute. So, yeah, so the, the play originally was done as a one person, so we developed it in Toronto for a week and, and split it up. Yeah. But so is it, so not to be just three monologues, there is obviously the correction officer and the prisoner have interaction, but I at no point do I ever talk to the mom. No. So it's very I never look easy. At either of them. No. It's very other easy, than the yeah. tiny little moment, yeah, little fantasy moment that I get to have with with Nathania that we ne- I never look at either yeah. of them, which is, and I I I've done two one woman shows. And midway through the run of the second one, I made a very conscious decision. I was never going to do that again because I hate it. I find it incredibly lonely. Yeah, they're lonely afterwards, yeah. And I, you know how they say there's nothing lonelier than being lonely inside a relationship? Yeah. <laughs> I'm finding this really challenging. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah. Because it's three separate uh, opinions and points of view, Then, and we have some interaction, which just is a catalyst for everything that happens. Um, yeah, it is very much, uh, it is is different in that way, so that we don't warm up the same way that yeah. I would warm up. If this table was putting on an ensemble, yeah. we'd be, you know, playing hockey sack and throwing a ball, and, yeah. you know, that's all the kind of stuff that, you know, and hanging out a little bit more, I think, and just, uh, just you know, doing that, that thing where you can't, I mean, everybody has a pre-show routine, mm-hmm. and, I, um, and I think that just... You know, we just going back to the segregation point in terms. I don't know if you guys have done much research on the the exonerated five guys from Central Park, and that uh, we all watched that. I haven't watched the fourth piece yet. That's all about Corey and segregation. But it's for me. It's uh, the show represents all that's broken in the penal system, and all that you know. The reason, really, to get this word out and to not follow out in those orders because of these people that have spent their whole lives segregated. Yeah. 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 So in that respect it's kinda like, okay, we gotta do this. Yeah. We gotta go. I think the other part that really got me was when you are t- well, your character Glory's talking to her friend who's yeah. Josie, yeah. Josie. And it's just like, you know, like the list that you go through if she wasn't a person of colour, if yeah. she was if she'd had money, if she wasn't a mum who needed to do that for her kid she wouldn't be there and everything that she does like I just that like got me and that whole scene between you and her like and you're shouting through to her and you're like Monday chat and I'm Mm -hmm. like oh god like just that idea of yeah um, that's one thing well, that Judith that hormonal today I'm going to start crying in a minute (laughs) (laughs) Judith wanting to be very like Judith was very insistent on including something like that yeah because Judith like we recognize as a company and Judith recognizes that um, as like a white person like Ashley would not have been as discriminated against as the people of color in our penal system particularly in Canada indigenous people are Way, like the the, in the race way that, really in the way that the African American population is represented in American prisons. Yeah, 
the, it's the, it's almost the same percentages. It's yeah, like yeah. the same numbers. And, and, and in Scotland, any of the population. I mean, yeah. just, so just on that note, I understand that the, that it has the highest population per ratio is Scotland that are yeah. incarcerated. So this is a very this is yeah a very big yeah. relative yeah. to the population mm -hmm. like. What do I want to say about that? The um, the that has the highest population percentage in incarcerated in Scotland. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and what I think was what I was particularly impressed with by that scene when I read it was that Judith really tried hard to talk about the fact that people of color are overrepresented in prison populations without speaking for them, because um, we'd never want to take a story from somebody. Um, and it's difficult when it's just when it's a one-woman show or a three-person show and we don't see Josie. I can only tell you about her. Um, but we do our best to be like, this is Josie's story, but like I'm not taking it from her, I'm just kind of relating it. Yeah, I could see if it was like an hour and a half of a show, like you could yeah. definitely yeah. have Josie in there. Like, yeah. There was definitely like scope for that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> and we did. She was identified. Yeah, we we couldn't. Um, we just had to stick with Josie as opposed to Jose, which was a little closer to the actual person that Ashley did relate to in yeah. prison because she was native. But they need. They are represented. They, they can't be re represented without permission. Actually, so uh, we couldn't really speak on the behalf of without that permission yeah. Yeah, so we just had to say that she was someone that was uh yeah that was a person of color as opposed to exactly where she was from and there's i mean there's you look at our prison system in canada and there'll be tons of people with very similar stories of being poorly treated in prison and just trying to survive and what's amazing too is that a few years ago I directed a show that was about women coming out of recently released from incarceration. And we did a bunch of research specifically on the Grand Valley Institute for Women because that's what we were dealing with. We went to the Elizabeth Fry Society, they were incredibly generous to us and sat us down at a table with four women who had been recently released. Those four women were unbelievably generous with their own stories and gave us a lot of really useful information. But what I remember mostly from that conversation, and I think about it every day when I hear you talking about the cottages, because they, there was a social worker also at the table. And I listened to our recording of that conversation near the beginning of our rehearsal process because I thought, that might be, I don't know, some of that might be useful to hear. And I had forgotten that she was at the table. And she, at one point, sort of pitched in the idea. That she pitched in the party line. They're, you know, they're really, so it's kind of like a little, you know, like a little suburban kind of neighborhood. And all of the recently released women all went, yeah, no, like a no. really, well, like if you were on welfare. Yeah, if you lived in a really shitty welfare neighborhood. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> that's weird. Like there, yeah. and your penal system is, that's what's coming here apparently to this. I, I happen yeah. to know a lot about the Scottish <laughs> penal system. <laughs> you know way more than me. Please, uh, I, there, was a, there was this prison Shit. on Cauldron Hill or Cal, Cal, Cauldron Hill. Cauldron yeah. Hill. Mm -hmm. There was more women in it at the time uh, when it was Calton built. Cauldron Hill, yeah. yeah. More women than men. Is prisoners, so you know they do not screw with a with a Scottish woman. Is the point well, of the story? <laughs> to be fair, that's right. And nasty. nasty. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, 
moving away from the show just for mm. a minute, working with the company, mm. um, Windsor Feminists, um, who, have you all worked before with them? Are you, I have, yeah. Yeah? So Windsor Feminist Theatre is a super cool company in Windsor. So Windsor uh, doesn't have like a quote-unquote professional theatre company. Um, they It's primarily has... Small uh, town near the American border. Yeah, so it's a... It's a it's a small city oh, near the American border. It's on the border with Detroit, actually. It's right on the okay. river. Um, I think population is between two and 300,000. Um, uh, primarily automotive industry. Um, has had some tough times in the past. I love Windsor. I went to school there for five years. Um, Windsor does not have a professional theater company. There's a college company. There's a university company. And then there's like a dozen community theater companies. Windsor Feminist Theatre, though, is one of the oldest feminist theatres in Canada. Yes. And their mandate, though, is that all of their artists get paid. So even if, like, it is a quote-unquote community theatre pro, like, you've just gone out and done auditions in the community, these aren't professional actors, they're getting paid. Even if that's just a cut of the box office. Um, so there was something called the Windsor Writers Series, which took local playwrights and then four small theatre companies produced their shows. Um, and I worked for them. Uh, I was production stage manager. I know that's not really what I do with my life, but that's what I did. We, we um, all in this business, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do it. My, you do what needs doing. Yeah. So yeah. my best friend was director, um, Anna Grace. Shout out. She's amazing. Um, she directed this show for Windsor Feminist Theatre for the Windsor Writers Series um, about plastics in the water. Um, it was super cool and super weird. Um, so Save our fucking turtles, guys. Save yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, but also it was specifically about like microplastics in the water. Save our like fucking turtles, yes. Um, so yeah, Anna Grace directed, I was production stage manager, and then we had a very tiny cast. Um, and so I worked directly, like we worked for Patricia Fell, who was, is the artistic director of Windsor Feminist Theatre. She's phenomenal. Um, takes no prisoners and no shit from anybody. Um, our like opening night, the day before, she was like, hey, I might be late tomorrow, so like just start without me because I might get arrested. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was protesting a show downtown that was a community show. Uh, they weren't paying any of their actors, which happens all the time in community theater. The actors weren't really mad about it, but they also had promised to pay like a bunch of the designers, okay. and it was past opening night, and no one had gotten paid yet. Um, so Patricia was downtown protesting, just being like, hey, do you know no one in this theater is getting paid? Hey, do you know no one in this theater is getting paid? She didn't get arrested, showed up to opening night on time, and it was a great time. Excellent. <laughs> Go, Patricia. Go, Patricia. I know. I only met her once. She seemed very nice. Yeah, yeah so is this your first Force time nature, with... Yeah, yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I knew nothing of these people. Mm -hmm. I knew certainly of Windsor University, uh, but I would not, no, probably have chosen it as my first place to go at the beginning of summer. <laughs> it's the deep it's south of Canada. <laughs> it is, quote, it is the deep south of Canada. Fox. Did I say that? Uh, yes, you did one day. <laughs> Sweltering. Um, okay. Well, because we were, uh, yeah, it's very far south, right? It's yeah. almost right at the door. Um, uh, yeah, so I'd never heard of it, and Judith came and said, um, would you like to go? Well, Judith came and approached me about the job, and then we sat down and talked about it seriously, and then she mentioned that there was Windsor in there for a few weeks. So that was my first introduction, and I was just along for the ride. I was just like, okay, I, I don't, you know. Are you I, like, feminist, sign me up? Well, not <laughs> really, no. I mean, I'm not that I wouldn't have, because, I mean, oh, wow. I believe in equality. I'm, uh, you know, definitely... 
um, yeah, an equal rights kind of gal, but uh, I mean, who wouldn't be? I mean, who's not a feminist? I know, I right? Show me yeah, one like, how... fucking person that's not a feminist, and I, I will don't understand them. what that says about you if you're not a feminist. <laughs> I, I don't. Just I don't know. It's not. Like I don't a... understand. I don't like. What I don't says. like yeah, you exactly. Like, Show me one that is it's not. The, and it's I will the thing you. about reclaiming words, though. We've talked about this mm. yeah. recently. Like, we, we, did you also just notice all the guys in? Sorry, I know it's deeply unfeminist of me, but I just meant who are all the handsome men in this nice suits? <laughs> they're going to break out in song any they minute now, or they're go- they are, aren't they? I can tell. Yeah, it's either like, that, it's or we're going to get a whole like, Harry Potter series. Like, yeah. Bossy, like, nasty bitch. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah bitch, bitch, a, really, yeah. Coven is our one that we're taking back, because, like, Coven is all about, actually, the power of women when we get together. Yeah, it's the, actually yeah. a positive thing, not a negative yeah, thing. Yeah, of course, because they assume it's witchy. It's taken by yeah. our patriarchal society. You know, the I grabbed onto the word persistent, because... I don't know if you, I, I don't know how, how much you've heard about, you heard about this at the time that it happened, but um, Elizabeth Warren, who is an American, nevertheless she persisted. That to me is, uh, I, I, that he meant that dismissively. Oh, absolutely. And it, mm. to me it was, su- I mean, obviously to many, many, many women, it was such an unbelievable rallying cry. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, yes. Persist. Persist. So basically, that is why we are called persistent and nasty. That's awesome. I love it. Nevertheless, she persisted, and when um, the other blonde one in uh, America, um, (laughs) is he blonde? Well, who knows, right? He's got cotton candy on on his head. But um, when he called Hillary a nasty woman for daring to um, seek give him actual facts. Mm. Like an He just called the Prime Minister he, of Denmark nasty yes, for not selling say. him Greenland, which is just... <laughs> in the wild, okay. so he tweeted... Can we sorry, not yeah, focus on him, please? Yeah, you're right, you're right. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, 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 yeah. He gets so, right. no more airtime, so, yeah, please. So we, nope. There was then a whole Twitter thing about right. like, yeah. being a nasty woman, mm-hmm. and well, if she's a nasty woman, I'm a nasty woman because I've raised five kids, or because I'm a CEO of a fucking, like, corporate whatever. So we are all about reclaiming that word. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah, and we're on, and our next one is Coven. We're going to get badges made called Finder Coven. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I went to Love see it. a show, oh, no, I haven't got my jacket on me, but I went to see a show last week here at the Pleasant Stone called Witch Hunt. Have you seen that? No, but <gasps> I heard about it. So fun. I have my little witch it. pin right there. I'm like, yep, 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 yep. yep. But we've been talking They're about awesome. it, and then I went to see I'm a Phoenix bitch. I don't oh, know no, if I haven't you seen did. that. Oh, no. fuck my life. Like, really? <laughs> I don't actually think I will ever be the same carefree person mm. as I was before that show. I mean, uh, Bryony Cummings is an autobiographical performance artist, so it is autobiographical. I mean... Get ready for fucking tears is all I can really? say. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. However, at one point throughout the whole thing, she's like, she's telling the story about after she had her baby and she's in the middle of nowhere in Oxfordshire and she's like, I'm alone. And she's like, where are my coven? She's yeah, like, yeah. Here are my women. I need them because I'm fucking. Yeah, struggling. no. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, definitely. And I do. And we've literally so... been talking about it like two hours yeah. before about we need our coven. So I was yeah. like, the patches are coming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I really do believe that for young kids. I coach a lot of young girls, and I do think they need their posse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I know I was on a lot of purse patrol <laughs> for my dear posse. You know, when they go go out and get wasted. Yeah, yeah. And I was fortunate to have a few posses because I was that kind. Of Go. Like I have lots of friends and 
and uh, growing up, and I just was awarded some chances to go to different schools. Um, <laughs> that's awarded. I love that word. <laughs> I was like, you know, whatever. But I had lots of, I think, yeah, young girls need their posse, and they, they need to remember to go out together and be stick together and to get, you know, cabs and do all that. Especially young, society, young, young girls, yeah. right? Like they, yeah, Society they, is kind of you know, organized in a way that separates girls from each other. Yes. Yes. Because against each other. Yeah, well, and that's the, the, the whole mission is to kind of segregate them. Yeah, it's just back to this sort yeah. of segregation in terms of like, yeah, and to wear them down or to, to when you go, they go out to a bar. Like I just am thinking now mostly of my friends and who have children, right? And they're going out doing things. Like, thank God we, I I didn't have Facebook. Okay, I'll oh be 58 God. in September. Oh like, if there was Facebook, okay, it would have been just. Oh my God! Like it would have been awful. I, that, I, these guys, I, I shudder like, to think what would yeah, be out yeah, in the no, world I, if that had been yeah. around when I was a teenager. Yeah, I know. But I really, really uh, feel like they need to. Um, I really feel like they need to stick together and make sure that you know. Your girlfriend's making home, and especially with drugs and like the drugs being slipped into drinks and oh, stuff that's that. really, you know, where you just can kind of keep an eye on each other when you go out and 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 you know these cases where girls are getting raped even when they're not conscious. Yeah. You know, yeah. every like, time I hear a story about it's really women watching, seeing another woman, another woman on public transit somewhere or out in the world just being kind of harassed or being pressed or being pushed in a way that, and every now and then you read these stories of women going, I saw this happening to my sister and I went, no, uh, that's not going to happen. Not right. today. Yeah, no, no, no. Not, not today. today and you just go, yes, Today's that not going to happen. That's Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was saying yesterday, we did a podcast um, with Janie Folds, who's a spoken word poet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she's from Edinburgh originally and I was saying I've started doing this thing when I see anything online or I see a woman that I think is beautiful or I love her talk I'm just telling them oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah good so yes. just like random compliments yeah I'm just like going up and going like so I saw a tattoo artist on Instagram and I was like god your stuff's fucking amazing yeah, so I good. just sent her a message I was like thanks very much I made my day I'm now going back to like because I've been wanting a tattoo since I was 15 I think I'm going to start designing it thanks very much have a great day bye yeah yeah good and just like you know if you can cheer someone up yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. let's lift each other up. And cheer them on. I do yeah. want to say it's hard, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. sometimes. It can wear you I down. I am a big believer in random complimenting people. Some people are a little alarmed, but I'll just be like, hey, I love your shoes. And they're like, oh, thank you. I, <laughs> I got them here. And I'm like, thank you for the tip. I'm not yes. going to go buy these shoes, but thank you. Um, when I was younger, though, I was at, like, I was with some people, and we were dancing and drinking. Um, and at one point I kind of realized that some guy was being kind of a jerk and I was kind of getting in between them and he was like, man, stop fucking cock blocking me. And I'm like, honey, he, she made direct eye contact with me and said, help. I'm not cock blocking. I'm helping. And like, yeah. he was a friend of mine and he was like, and I'm, like I'm goalkeeping is what I'm yeah, fucking doing. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I do. I, I do think though, like. I have a younger boyfriend and his friends. Like, I do like the millennial generation of, of young men uh, that I've met, that I'm hanging around with. I don't know, you know, that doesn't go for all of them. I'm, yeah. I know that there's a lot of news out there. Um, but I have met some lately, like my own boyfriend, his, you know, friend is raising ba- a baby. Eh? And they just did a post the other day of babies 
beer and buddies, you know, and they were all holding babies. Aww. And I was just, it was kind of like, okay, you know what? I think they get it more than my 50-year-old men friends. Yes, when it comes absolutely. to When it comes to complimenting a woman. Like, sometimes I, I know that, you know, they, they don't even look at their faces. They just look at their boobs, and it's yeah. so evident. It's like, come on. Right. And I mean, I know it's out there. I know that everybody, everybody, no matter what gender, is a sexual being. So I get that some people get steered more in one direction than the yeah. other, but um, yeah, I think there's a little bit. I'm, I've got hope. Put there it that is way. a generational thing, you know. I, my nephew, um, my sister was a single mom, so I was a big part of his upbringing when he was a baby. He is now uh, in his late 30s, and he has a daughter who's five, and she's a genius. Mm. Right. Oh, Snatch. Of course. <laughs> she's amazing. But uh, my, one of my favorite things in life is to watch him fathering. And I said to him one day, I can't, like, it gives me so much joy. It makes me weep. I don't know where you learned to be such a great dad. Because he didn't grow up with a dad. And he said, from my mom. Yeah. Oh. 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 On that note. I was going to say, are we running out of time? Do you have anything else to ask us? We are literally running out of time. But I really want to ask, we've asked everybody, what the phrase persistent and nasty means for you. Oh, kind yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, we, I mean, we have Persistent and nasty is... It's just a big fuck you to every... It's just like, no, I'm doing this my way. I'm doing it. And there is nothing you can say to stop me. Fuck right off. (laughs) So for me, I think it's got to do with asking for what you want and need, which is often interpreted as a bitch. Yeah. And in fact, I think where we have to make sure that feminist feminism and equality has to start with us. So when women ask for what they want and need from no matter who, I think we we need to respect that regardless of what the wish is. You know, that comes second, right? But the first is good for you. You ask for it it, because that takes a lifetime, yeah, to articulate what you need. Uh, So before we go to your bitchy and negative, we got to go to, okay, well, at least you put it out there. And then the other thing is just, uh, so that's the, the, then we have to think about persistence because, you know, the world doesn't change in a day. It's, it's, you know, people think that we put this show up on a dime. We, you don't, right? It's persistence. Yeah. And it's uh, sticking together. And, um, yeah, other, what other people feel is nasty has, has you know, made Olympians. It's made, it's made yep. uh, judges and, and, and changed yep. laws and, yep. and is, um, is what it takes. Is It takes a lot of practice and a lot of persistence. Yep. And some people perceive it as nasty, but... You know what? Kudos to those that can ask for what they want and need. It took me a lifetime. Amazing. I love it. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> those, were, those were not all my drinks. I'm just saying. <laughs> persistent and nasty? I think it just... Persistent and nasty to me is... Uh, I am determined and I won't be dismissed. Um, hopefully we can get this out before the festival um, ends, which is in like three days. Um, I can't promise. However, um, we have three more shows. Three more shows, just in case. Um, so it is on at ten past. No. Nope. Ten two two. One fifty. Thank you. One fifty at the ballroom assembly ballrooms. Yep. Watch and glory die. And 
um, Windsor Feminist Theatre Company rocking the shit out of that. And as we say that, a man comes and sits down in our space. Um, Without looking over to see what we're doing and taking those. We're not man bashing. No, but even, not at all. But sometimes. I have male friends. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Some of my best friends are men. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us on your podcast. Yeah. Even if it doesn't get out before the show. Thank you so much for having us on your podcast. Even if it doesn't get out before the show. Thank you so much for having us on your podcast. Even if it doesn't get out before the show. Thank